to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, happy resurrection morning. I would ask how the parking lot was, but I already know. <laughs> I love you. We're working on it, okay? It just... Doesn't happen overnight, but give us patience. We're having a good summer out there, and by not too long into the summer, we'll have that parking lot in a lot better shape. So uh, we love you. We thank you for being here. want to welcome those joining us online. Uh, thank you for your faithfulness, and happy Resurrection Day to you as well. Um, I know you've got brisket or hams or ribeyes or something on your mind. Well, you do now anyway. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we'll get you there, all right? We'll get you there. But it is good to see you, man. You look great, great crowd. Thanks for being here. So if you haven't caught on by now, um, from the opening song, opening baptism, the video, everything, it's on, point. it's on point and by purpose. It's simply because I've titled this message, hmm, it's time to roar. If you hadn't caught on by now, <laughs> I am passionate about the church. I'm passionate about it, okay? And I'm passionate about it because Jesus is passionate about it. He has put all the power into the church. Post-resurrection, all we got is the church to lead the charge. And I believe there was the generations for the church that we set too quiet. And when we got quiet, the devil got loud and he gained turf. And I'm telling you right now, he is resurrecting some churches. He's resurrecting some churches. Now, let me say something to you. You may be here and you're like, I get the church thing. No, 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 no. <laughs> you and I are the church. This is a building. When he comes back to get the church, this building's staying here, all right? But you and I that know him, we're going with him. So what he's saying to you is this. Hey, little individual, small, quiet church, it's time to roar. It's time to roar. You say, well, Jeff, excuse me, but I'm an introvert, and it's not my personality. <laughs> I've said this before. Personalities died at Calvary. <laughs> when he made you new, you were buried in Christ in baptism, introvert. He raised you up as an extrovert, and he put a song in you and let the redeemed of the Lord say so, amen. And if you're not singing your song, pity on you. Mr. T gonna come get you, all right? Pity the fool who don't sing their song, the song of the resurrection, the song of the empty tomb. It's just not a one morning event. It's a 365-day event that the church better start saying so about, because there's a world out there that's been lied to, tricked, and fooled into thinking 
that there's some entity called the government that can support you. And I'm telling you right now, it's the church's job to rise up and be that. And it's time for us to take back turf, man. He's coming after your kids. He's coming after your marriage. He's coming after a bunch of stuff. If you sit and watch, he's gonna get it. But if you stand up and tell him who your name is in Jesus, he'll go next door. Pity your neighbor. You love them, but they're gonna have to stand up too, all right? But not in my house. It's time for the church to roar. Let me tell you why we can roar. Look at, go to Romans 8. Romans 8, look at verse 10. This is why we can roar. Romans 8, 10. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit in him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit. Let me say it to you like this. The same power that resurrected Jesus out of that tomb, when you get born again and saved, the same power resurrects your dead carcass from its old life and raises you up to your new life. So listen to me. It is time for the church, little church, which makes up the big church when we get together. It is time for the little church, bought by the blood of the lamb, saved and born again, once blind, but now I see, to stand up, step into its authority, given by Jesus, by the blood, and take back the turf. It is our chance. You say, well, we go in our name? No, don't go in your name. If I walked up and said, what's your name? And, he said, and I said, Jeff, that don't do nothing to him. But he, if I stand up when he comes against me and I say, I come in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, who was raised from the grave and he conquered sin and death. His name is Jesus. And I come as a child of the king, bought by the blood of the lamb. Okay, when I say those words, he has to sit. See, too many of us don't know who we are in Christ. We don't understand our authority. We don't understand the power we got. Quit taking everything and go on the offensive. Quit being on the defensive and be on the offense. Was well, a defense win championships? You don't if you don't score. I'm sorry. That's a great philosophy, and I get it. I'm a sports junkie. All right, it's what pay for college. But I get that defenses can win championships. But you know what? You don't win if you don't score, all right? So you're going to have to score, all right? And Jesus said, I need the church, little and big, to start scoring. We've been getting our teeth kicked in. He's coming back in the fourth quarter to redeem it. But the first three quarters, we better play our tail off. And it's time for us to take back some turf. I know there's an enemy out there, very aware of that. He's a punk, all right? I don't like him. He's messed with my family. He's messed with my life, and I don't like it, and I know a bunch of people he's tried to mess with. The Word of God tells us about this enemy. 1 Peter 5, 8 says this, be self-controlled, church. Be alert. Be on your toes. The enemy, the devil, the punk, he roars. He, he prowls around like a roaring lion. What's he doing? He's looking for someone to devour. Can I, can I help you with Scripture? That does not say the roaring lion is looking for someone to lick. I'm sorry. 
I meet believers, they say, oh, I can just kind of get kind of close to the enemy because, you know, I'm a good guy. I'm better than my neighbor. I'd be all right. No, you ain't all right. He ain't there to lick you. You ain't cotton candy. Listen to me. He ain't there to lick you. He's there to devour you and eat you. That's what he wants to do. Quit taking it and get on the offensive as a believer. Quit just saying, well, I don't know what to do. Yes, you do know what to do. We're gonna talk about what to do in just a little bit. Jesus said, all power rests in you, the same power in you that raised Christ from the dead. That's you and me, all power. John 10, 10 says this, the thief, the punk, comes only to steal. Been there? And to kill, have you been there? And to destroy, have you been there? But I, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's what he wants for the church. He's aware that the enemy is trying to mess with you. He might be messing with you now. Some of you may be here and you say, man, my, my marriage is in a wreck, man. We're on life support. You're not in life support if you stand up as two people bought by the blood of the lamb and speak Jesus' name into that marriage. Jesus will come heal that marriage. He'll make it new again. I'm telling you, your honeymoon will be a repeat, all right? Some of you are like, bring it, all right? Speak it in Jesus' name. Let him know whose turf he's on and let him know who he's up against. Listen to me. You saw that the unspoken word, it scrolled. When it scrolled the first time, all you saw was what? Death, destruction. He felt like it was over, but then he stopped it and Jesus ran it back. And when he ran it back, he flipped it. He flipped it. And he wants to flip some stuff. He wants to do it over again. First John 4, 4 says this, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Amen. The one that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Those folks at Good Friday, when they beat him and they hung him on that cross and they drove the nails in his hand and, his, and the nails in his feet and they put the thorns on his head, they pushed him down and the blood poked and ran down his cheek and they stuck the spear in his side. Every one of that, every bit of that, all those stripes are for you and me, every one of them. It had to be that way. It had to be that way. That's why it had to be that way. Listen to me, when you watch that, if you were here Friday night, you wanna just say, stop, that's enough. Leave my Jesus alone. But he had to go all the way to the end and he did it because it's love for you and for me. Jesus loved you, but it had to be that way. And when they took his body off Calvary, off that cross, and they put him in that tomb and those people that were still standing there, all that was left, man, was that old empty cross. They didn't have Easter. They didn't know about Easter. They didn't give a guarantee that three days later he'd rise again. But you and I, we had the privilege of understanding the fact that once he left Calvary and when he got in that tomb, three days later, Jesus rolled that stone away and he walked out of there a victorious savior, conquered sin and death and gave us, gave us life. He did what we couldn't do, man. And some of us watch that. And we've been convinced that we could be good enough. Can I say something to you? If you could have been good enough, if I could have been good enough, he didn't have to do that. 
He said, well, I just go to church, and if I go to church more than I don't go to church, then I'll, I get to heaven. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, I love you, but going to church ain't gonna get it done. It's like going to McDonald's gonna make you a french fry. That is not gonna work, all right? It's not about church attendance, all right? It's about the cross. It's about the cross. Jesus said the only way, only way through him, only way, only way. He said, that sure is narrow. That's so narrow thinking. Need to be more free, Jeff. Free? I am free. I'm free in Christ. Because he said, he who he sets free will be free indeed. I am free because of Jesus. I want to teach you a little proverb. It's an African proverb. It's called a roaring lion kills no game. They know that. A roaring lion kills no game. You see, back in the, in the wildernesses in Africa, big old lions, they roar at the game, man. They're, they roar at people. They roar at animals. And when they roar, man, those little dudes, those little antelopes and little, little things in the, in the wilderness, they get their attention. They scare the fool out of them, man. And when they do that, they hear this roar, and it's louder than any roar in the jungle. And they hear that roar, and the little animals, they just dart. They just take off. They run. They take off real fast. And that's exactly what that roaring lion wants to happen because the roaring lion has no intention to kill. He's got lionesses. I'm sorry, ladies. Guys are like, told you. Right? He got lionesses laying in the tall grass. You can't see them. But when, that, when those scared animals dart and run, they're in that grass and they get ambushed every time and they get killed. And then here comes the big old lion. He'll walk up later. He'll say, excuse me. And then he'll finish that lamb. He'll finish it off. I'm going to tell you something right now. The lion still roars at people, man. There's a roaring lion out there, but it's not the lion of Judah. Let me tell, show it to you. Go to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. I want to begin in verse one. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. Mm-hmm. There's some little animals in Africa doing that right there. All right. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Now watch this, verse four. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Let me ask you a question. What's a shadow? What is a shadow? A shadow, hmm, is it real? You ever been a kid and get scared of a shadow? Run to your mom and dad, say, a monster in my room. Mom and dad go in there and say, no, nah, sweetheart, that's not a monster. That's that stuffed animal and the light from outside shining in, it looks like it's the size of your room. All right, you're fine. Go sleep. Easy for you to say, all right? And you're supposed to go back to bed. But can I tell you that the enemy, the punk, the lion that roars around looking for someone to devour, he sets up stuff in people's lives and it looks like, it looks like, a, it looks like death, man. It looks like a shadow. And, and we sometimes can even think that that shadow of death is, is roaring at us. 
It can be a phone call with a, with a diagnosis of something physically, all right? It can be, it can be marital issues or, or issues with children or just issues in life, got work, laid off, different things. It can be a government system that, that it just looks crazy right now. It can be the world that looks hard and, and messed up and mixed up and you can't find your way and you're like, oh my gosh, all this stuff. And it, it is just roaring at you. And what it wants to do is it wants you to think it's real. And that's the enemy's tactic is to roar into your life. And so you hear that roar and you're like, man, I'm not going to that roar. That dude, that's a bad roar. And what you do is you run the other way because you don't want to face that roar. And when tough gets done, get tough in your marriage. And it looks like each of you are like the enemy and y'all budding heads. And Satan tells you that you're, you're enemies. You're not enemies. She's not the enemy. He's not the enemy, but it looks like it because God, because the enemy has put it up in a shadow and it's death. And if you run to that, if you run to that, right, that shadow, if you run to it and you run away from it because you're scared, guess what's lying in those woods and not tall grass, lionesses, they're going to kill you. There's too many believers that when, when the enemy or life or the world or junk roars at them, Instead of walking dead center face to face with that roar, they run the other way. They forget who they are in Christ and they run. Listen to me. A shadow can paralyze you. You can see a shadow, man, and it looks like it's real, but it's not real. And what you have to understand is that you gotta walk right at it. Right at it. Right at it. Sometimes a shadow, my friend, mm, it, it, it can feel like it's a real deal. You can get a diagnosis. You can get a phone call. You can say, man, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. Some of us, man, we're paralyzed by shadows, the shadow of our past. How can God use me? How can God make me new? The shadow of who I used to be, the shadow of unforgiveness, all right? I don't wanna let them go. If I let them go, they win. No, if you let them go, you win. All these shadows, and it can bring death on your life if you run from it, but you gotta walk right into it. Shadow of physical pain or, or something going on physically you don't understand. Don't run from it, run right to it. Just walk right to it. Because when you walk to it, there's someone bigger than you behind you. We'll talk about that in a little bit, all right? You have a shadow in your life that, that, that constantly paralyzes you, constantly rears its head like death and you run from it. Can I say something to you? When they left that cross and that body of Jesus was taken down, can I tell you this? They felt like it was over. They felt like death. They felt like it was too late. But I'm sorry. It was Friday, but Sunday's coming, all right? Sunday's coming, and out of that tomb, woo, came a lion, all right? The lion of Judah. I want you to listen to this proverb and then I got a pretty little lady coming up here. Proverbs 28.1 says this, the wicked flee though no one pursues them. Mm. The wicked flee, but no one pursues them. They flee because of what? He roars at them. But the righteous, they are as bold as a lion. Can I say something to you? Life, mm. death, can roar at you. You stand like a mighty lion, 
all right, like a bold line and walk right into it. I want you to introduce my wife. She's a lady that's a roaring lion. She's bold. Listen to her. We had the couple years back, and the principal has just been everywhere this month. It seems to be the theme of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, it started back the end of the summer of 2016 when I received a terminal cancer diagnosis. And um, obviously, the Lord intervened, and that's a whole nother story I wish I had time to tell. But I want to tell you this testimony today. Once we had that doctor's appointment and we gathered our thoughts and settled our hearts, we came together and there were two things that we knew for sure. Number one, we knew that the Lord could change the path, but even if he didn't, we would still worship him. And number two, we knew that we wanted our faith to grow through the journey and we wanted the faith of those around us who were watching to grow through the journey. And that was the desire of our heart. That's how we set out. And early on, the Lord took me to the book of Exodus. And in the book of Exodus is when he called Moses to go back to Egypt and to deliver a message to Pharaoh. And before he went to Pharaoh, he went to the leaders of the Israelites first. And he told them, hey, I've heard from God. He's given me this assignment, and this is my message. And so from the very beginning, the Israelites knew what was coming because he was upfront and transparent from the very start. And the message was this, let my people go so they can worship me in the wilderness. He did not say in a plush meadow with a mountain backdrop. He did not say in a five-star beach resort, which I vote for that one, He said up front in the wilderness, so the Israelites knew what was coming, and yet they grumbled. But that's a whole nother story as well. So as I'm reading this, I heard the Lord say, will you worship me? I knew I was about to enter into a wilderness, a journey that I didn't want to refer to a friend. I didn't want to go back again, but it was my wilderness, and I heard him clearly ask, Will you worship me? And I said, yes. And so what does that mean? What does that look like? And it's simply this. My mind's attention and my heart's affection are set on him. So each day, that's what I set out to do, to have my mind's attention and my heart's affection set on him. In the dark days, in the ugly days, on the chemo days, on the radiation days, which are the worst. That was my goal. That was my desire. And I wish I could tell you that every day I worshiped him wholeheartedly. But there were days I didn't. But on those days, he was so kind and so gracious. And he just said, come on, girl. It's a new day. Let's start again. And we'd set out on a new day with my mind's attention and my heart's affection fixed on him so I could worship him no matter what the day brought. So that was the big lesson through that whole journey. And then fast forward to, I wish I'd written the date down, I didn't, but I think it was the fall of 2018. And it was a Sunday morning, and Jeff and I were standing right down here in worship. 
Mallory was leading a song, and it's titled Tremble. And some of the words of that song are this, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. And I'm down here, eyes closed, hands to heaven, worshiping, and my spirit inside of me was screaming, yes, yes, this is truth. This is something that I know, I've seen, I've experienced, I know it firsthand to be true. And then all of a sudden, the Lord showed me this scene, these images in action in my mind's eye. I saw it as clear as day. And in the scene, I'm standing there worshiping, hands held high, and in front of me is this black figure, dark as night, black. It's, uh, it's laying on its side on the ground, and it's trying to get back up, but it can't because it's almost as if it's melting. It was like black tar just melting on the ground in front of me. The key to the picture was my viewpoint because I wasn't seeing the scene from where I was standing worshiping. I was behind myself, and I was actually at the throat of a lion. And from my viewpoint, at the back of the throat of the lion, I saw this massive jaw spread as tall as I was. I saw the back of his teeth. I saw his huge tongue thrust forward in a roar. And I heard him say this, and I wrote it down. The lion of Judah roars with my worship, and the enemy shrinks. And when I saw that, when I heard those words, Again, my spirit was just shouting, yes, yes, this is true. I've seen it. It happens. This is a principle to stand on. So today, darkness isn't sneaky anymore. Evil isn't sly. It's in our face. He's walking around pretty bold and pretty proud. And the Lion of Judah is waiting for his church to stand up and worship. And again, we go back to our definition. Our mind's attention and our heart's affection are set on him. When I do that, of course the enemy shrinks because I'm not even looking at it. I have my eyes fixed on the king. I have my eyes fixed on the Lion of Judah And when I do that, when I live a lifestyle of worship, the lion of Judah roars and the enemy shrinks. Come on. Amen. Amen. Mm. Hey, can we, yeah, leave that up there. Now I want you to see this. That hair (laughs) and that ponytail, when I saw her, in some of her greatest moments, when the lion, when that shadow of death was roaring at her, and she was on a bathroom floor, curled up, crying, and I just lay down beside her and hold her, and she said, Jeff, I don't know if I can. Mm. He roared back at me, what are you going to do if you lose her? 
And all we could do, man, worship. That's all we could do. You see, when that shadow roared at us, what he wanted to do is have us run probably different directions. It'd kill us. But see, when we decided that no, 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 greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that raised Melissa and I up in salvation, individual moments before we were married, all right? We're the same people. We became one flesh and we said, no, we're gonna worship. Even if it doesn't go our way, we're gonna worship. And when we started doing that, the darkness and death fell, not because of who we are, but because behind us was a mouth of the lion of Judah. And he was roaring over our roar into the face of the enemy. It is time for us as a church to stand up and take the greatest weapon ever given to us, and that's worship. And if we'll start worshiping, all that junk will just melt like wet tar, man, like melted tar, because nobody can stand at the name of Jesus. And when we worship, we're victorious. I wrote this down. The blood of Jesus has overcome Satan. As believers, we are fighting from victory, not for victory. Listen to me, church. You ain't got to fight for victory. <laughs> you got to stand up and take your position and start worshiping and fighting from victory. You're a king's kid, bought by the blood of the lamb, redeemed all right, from your old life to your new life. If you're here today and you don't have that new life, you say, Jeff, I don't even fight in me. I've never even been saved. I'm not even born again. Today, you can do that. You may be here today and you say, well, I, I, I can't even believe I'm here. I don't even like church. I don't, I don't like religion. I don't like religion either. So welcome. Religion hurt a lot of people. And I'm sorry. But Jesus isn't about religion. He's about relationship. And the lion of Judah loves you. And he wants to put that lion in you because he's got a lot he's got left to do in your life. It is time for the church, the little church, to stand up right where you're at. And if the, roar, if the lion's roaring at you, the, the shadow of death is roaring at you to take you out, take your family out, take your kids out, take you out, you stand up and take your position and you tell them who you are. My name is Jeff. I'm a child of the living king. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives inside of me. And you're not gonna do this in my house and you're not gonna do this on my turf anymore. And you can take your position. It's high time that we stop acting like a bunch of wet pretzels and stand up with some backbone and be the child of God that we're called to be. If the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a real deal, which it is, it's time for the church to be resurrected, amen? It's time for the church to be resurrected. It's time to start walking in the resurrection power, the same power that raised Christ from the church, from the dead. I'm gonna ask you to stand, church, as the worship team comes out. We're gonna enter a time of ministry you're here today, you haven't met Jesus, you don't know Jesus, you can meet him today. Well, I can't do that, Jeff. I'm, <laughs> I got 
I got roast in the oven. Well, I'll take you out to eat after this if you roast burns, all right? All right? But you got to give your life to Christ and be born again and put the line of Judah in you because this world is mean out there. And it's time for you to roar. If you need to be baptized, we can take care of that, all right? If you need to come down here and lay down a whole bunch of junk that's been roaring at you, it's a shadow, it's made you feel like you're dying, all right? But it's not real, and you realize that. And it's time for you to stand up in it and roar back. And you roar, and the lion of Judah behind you roars. And all that junk in your life will die. It'll just shrink. It'll just, it'll just, it'll just mush into nothing. Why? Because you took your authority and you took your place, and the lion of Judah roared for you. Roar for your kids if they can't roar. And roar for your husband or your wife if they're not here and you're here by yourself. God's not giving up on your marriage. God's not giving up on you. It doesn't matter what your past was. You say, well, the the enemy just reminds me of my past all the time. That's fine. Just remind him of his future, all right? And you start walking in what God has for you. As we worship, you come. Father, we love you. God, right now, I pray by the Holy Spirit of God that you will draw your church. It is time, it is time, it is time for the church to roar. God, we've been quiet too long. God, forgive us of not roaring. We don't even roar in our own home. Dad, start roaring and your kids will roar. Dad, start roaring and your wife, boy, she'll think you're more sexy than you've ever been. Roar, church, roar. Roar, church, roar. Drown out all the death, all the shadows of death that the enemy keep rising up around you. Quit falling, quit, quit tripping up, quit stumbling, quit giving up. Quit acting like a wet pretzel church and stand up with some backbone and be who you are in Christ. Take back your homes. Take back your families. God, we love you. Draw us now by your Holy Spirit. In Christ's name, amen, amen. Let's worship. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.